we always look from the outside in. Sometimes we need to look from the inside out. What am I currently doing? How can I do it better? Who do I need to have in my network to do it better? How do I pick my priorities that I need to elevate? And once I've selected those priorities, what are the resources I need in order to do them and to activate them? The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value not like others, to join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special alpha for you today. Today, we have the privilege of hosting the incomparable Marlene Crawford a true powerhouse in the world of branding and business development. Marlene is the founder and the CEO of Primetime Global, and her career spans from orchestrating events like presidential events and Olympics to working with renowned names like Serena Williams, Beyonce, and more. As the force behind Primetime Global, known as Primetime Global, Marlene has propelled her firm into a global branding, marketing, and event design powerhouse. Her contagious charisma, brilliant talent, and exceptional resilience have earned her numerous awards, including the Forbes Family Trust, RFL, Entrepreneur of the Year, and International Compass Award. Marlene's client list is impressive. And really impressive because we had a talk before (laughs) shooting. Her client list is impressive as her accolades, ranging from countries and global corporations to foundations, celebrities, and entertainment organizations. With her strategic acumen, Marlene has left a mark on the industry, a big mark, making her a game changer and innovator. Join us as Marlene shares her insights into the world of branding, business development, events, and much more. Welcome to the Alpha Talks. It's an honor to have you today. Thank you. The honor is mine. Thank you very much. Guys, just to tell you, we had another podcast or shooting before we start shooting. I really, (laughs) really enjoyed it. So Marlene, let's say... People will look at the episode when we broadcast and they will see the thumbnail, they will see the title and they will 100% say it's interesting. What can we or what can you guarantee what they will gain if they think it's interesting? What they will gain from this episode, you think? The biggest thing they will gain is insight into themselves and what they can do to elevate themselves. We always look from the outside in. Sometimes we need to look from the inside out. What am I currently doing? How can I do it better? Who do I need to have in my network to do it better? How do I pick my priorities that I need to elevate? And once I've selected those priorities, what are the resources I need in order to do them and to activate them? Oh, I love yeah, that. So that's what you do. I love that. Uh, guys, it's the best energy I had before any interview, <laughs> just to tell you. So you will get a lot of positive energy and vibes. <laughs> So let's start a little bit early. How are you today? I'm absolutely fantastic, except for coming from zero degrees <laughs> weather to this beautiful weather in Dubai. It kind of affected my voice. Oof. Yeah. Let's so. start with who is Marlene from your perspective? Who am I? Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting. I love your questions. Um, from my perspective, Marilyn is someone who's a people lover. Mm. And by being a people lover, I'm also a people broker. Uh, I know how to discern what is needed and I know who to introduce people to in order to uh, engage what is needed. But more importantly, they become lifelong friendships Mm -hmm. because people do business with people they like. They do business with people that they trust and they do business with people who can deliver. So I'm a people broker. Yeah. Let's go backwards a little bit. Okay. To your childhood. Can you tell us childhood? Yeah, okay. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go go back. Yeah, go go back. way the back. Story, okay. The story behind. I am a product of the best mother and father in the world. My father was a janitor at Springs Cotton Mill. Springs Cotton Mill are the sheets that people slept on mm-hmm. throughout North America. 
And uh, he, uh, he would, well, today you call it um, uh, I'm a, an engineer, some yeah, kind of engineer, yeah. but he was a janitor, yeah. okay? But he also was a hustler. We ran a funeral home. We ran a, a transportation business. We ran a construction business. He had a second ed- grade education, but he could look at a building and tell you how many two by fours you would need, mm-hmm. how much cement you would need, just off the top of his head. My mother was drop dead gorgeous, but she had the biggest heart in the world. On days that were very rainy, we would stay in the kitchen and bake all day and gift wrap the pastries and baking goods and then deliver them to people who couldn't get out, to people who were senior citizens, who didn't have relatives and et cetera. So I grew up with the heart of a lion. And I say heart because that's the yeah. passionate part, but the lion don't mess with me. Mm. So I got that from both my yeah. mother and father. And to this day, those tapes play in the back of my mind so, uh, and I always say, you need to judge a people by the stock they come from. Mm-hmm. Do they come from good stock? True, yeah. True. And stock doesn't mean that you can't add up stock monetarily or with things. It has to be with the character that you've built. True. And you choose to build your own character. It's not by your circumstances. It's what you choose. Mm-hmm. What made you then go into strategic marketing? Accidentally. Business de- yeah. Business development. My gosh, you're asking all these questions that you didn't ask before. Okay, um, here's here's how I got into it by accident. Did you work in corporate before? And then no, no, no. I to wanted to be a teacher. Oh, okay. I wanted to own a hundred daycare centers, and I wanted to get kids before they were ruined. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get kids at an early age, and I had designed the system to educate them and elevate them. Instead of being a preschooler, their minds would be functioning at two and three year old levels mm-hmm. and then four and five year old levels etc that was my goal sorry i will interrupt you why i'm asking you this yeah because you know we sit with a lot of people that they say business development business yeah. development business development strategic marketing but you take it to another level so i want but, to no but let me tell you let me tell started. you i'm excited because when i first started out i did private consulting for very very powerful and very successful business people for their children. I started out educating their children. Wow. And tell, then, tell us about wait a minute, this. little Johnny would have a birthday party and they say, Miss Crawford, little Johnny loves you so much. He's having a party. Can you do it? Sure, I can do little Johnny's party. And little Johnny's party grew into Mr. and Mrs. anniversary event. And then that grew into, oh, well, you know, Sam bought 18 car dealerships. He's having an opening. He needs press and he needs, uh, he needs an event coordinator. And you did so well with our anniversary. Do you think you could do that? Oh, yes, I could do that. And then that grew into, oh, this is Ellen K. We own three malls mm-hmm. downtown, and we'd like to do the interior design of the mall. Can you do that? And by the way, can you launch 15 stores? I said, sure. So I was like, if I'm going to do all this, I need to have more degrees in strategic marketing. Mm-hmm. So then I went back to Harvard, and you know, I got all these degrees yeah. and stuff. And so then it grew into a business. But I didn't want to be a business that did normal activities because I don't call it an event. I do epic event experiences. Mm. So from the time you arrive, your sensors, the smell, what you see, what you hear. But that's from your, your what you education? Taste. Yes. That's, no, that's from me. From you. you can't be mm. educated to yeah. do that. That's from knowing that I wanted to be better and then the best of the best of anyone in the business. When I did Coca-Cola and MasterCard World Cup soccer advertising from, for malls, I just didn't put up a sign in a mall. Mm-hmm. You have to have interaction. When I did um, Turks and Caicos, the mm-hmm. business development for Turks and Caicos, they were not known. The premier, Michael Missick, came to me through Niles Rogers, who everyone knows globally, and says, look, we need help. We're just a little island in the Caribbean. Nobody knows us. He said, we want celebrities to come here. We want to Mandarin Oriental to come here. We want to do economic development. So I said, well, let's start with Hollywood. So let's work smarter instead of harder. Mm-hmm. The first activity I did for Turks and Caicos is I took the premiere and I centered them in the main table of Clive Davis's party. Oof. Every celebrity in the world is there. That's where they met Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. That's where they met Puffy. That's where they met Taylor Swift and... and uh, Everybody else that, you know, a lot of them own homes in Turks and Caicos. And then I said, let's take it another level. Let's go the business level. We need global hospitality organizations 
like Mandarin Oriental, yeah. you know, like whatever the the major uh, five star hotels are to come and build here. Mm-hmm. So we took it another level. And within three years, we had done, I think, three point seven billion dollars worth of business in Turks and Caicos. And they were off to the races. You know, same thing with Bermuda is known for as an insurance hour. Yeah. All the insurers and assurers go there. When the premier, the former premier was there and he approached me, then we created everything from film festivals to music festivals and et cetera. I did the same thing with Turks and Caicos. I did the same thing with select places uh, in America and select islands. Yes. But tell me, you wanted to start a feature. Yeah. What made the switch? What happened? Well, I'm going to be very frank. It was an organic switch. It's just that I did it so well and the demand was so huge. I couldn't, my plate couldn't handle just teaching every day. Mm-hmm. I had to switch. I had no option ah, so because the demand was so high for, for my craft. Really. And it's my passion. But also, I didn't want to be, like a lot of people will come to you and say, I'm a PR specialist. Yeah, What does that mean? True. We have a zillion PR specialists in the world, but they're not really effective Uh, they, they're not really impactful and they don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. They can't pick up the phone and call Gail King. Mm-hmm. They can't pick up the phone and call ABC Strahan. They can't pick up the phone and, and get you an article written about you and times or what, whatever. Yeah. So that's the difference in what my company does. We have a personal touch, but we have a passion for it. And guess what? We'll tell you no. We can't represent you. If you're not coming, mm-hmm. with, it's not about the finance. It's about you being authentic and you being able to be authenticated as being able to do what you tell me you can do. Mm-hmm. Because it's not only your reputation, it's mine. And I'm not putting my reputation on the line for anyone. True. You've did a lot of events, epic events. I want the people watching us now to get a glimpse of what does it look like? How does it feel? So if you remember one of the ones or one of the events that you're really proud of, Which one? And just walk us through it. Let the people get Oh my gosh, I'm going to try to do this yeah. fast. The largest event that I'm really super proud of that really was the icing on the cake uh, of my career was Musée National. And Musée National was the relaunch of the museum, Musée National, in Cameroon. And everyone told me not to do it. Don't go there. Don't do it. They're backwards. They don't have the infrastructure to handle it. They don't have the roads. They don't have the people. So when you tell me not to do it, <laughs> do I'm going to do it. It's a challenge. Um, the, pre- the minister, um, uh, Anna Muna Tutu, gave me four months to do it, which really was less than four months because we had only met four True. months. And we met at the PR Hotel in, in New York City. I flew to Cameroon once to just do a site visit. Then I planned everything. And then I went back to execute two weeks before the event. But two weeks before the event, I had already started putting things in motion. I started with the base. They did not have a ballroom big enough to accommodate everyone that I wanted to that looked like I wanted it to look. Because my mother and father used to tell me, if you're going to do it, do it first class or don't do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I needed to build a ballroom. So what do we have there? The rainforest. So I sent people in the rainforest and we actually built a floor out of bamboo. Then we needed the, the, the ceiling to the look good. How big? The size of the location. Oh, the site. It's huge. Wow. It's, um, it, it accommodated 1,100 people. Okay. Yeah. And so let me just go through mm-hmm. the, the basic foundation. Uh, before I even get into that, I have to tell you about the entertainment. Because if you want the right entertainment globally, you need the right entertainment globally mixed with local. So I flew in Dionne Ward. And she sang what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And then I flew in the premier ballerinas from the American Ballet Company. I commissioned them to do two ballet dances on stage for President Bia and, his, and, and the entire audience. Whoa. Then I flew in the producer of the Fugees. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he is, he is, his name is Jerry Wonder. Mm-hmm. He produced everything in Wyclef and Lauren Hill and all of them did. So he did a performance. So that's my, my um, global talent. Yeah. Then you want to mix it with local because you want to respect what's happening, lo- happening locally. I went to MTV and I said, who did you give the awards to? And I selected 10 of the people that MTV gave the awards to. I put up a second stage and the second stage was for the young people. And that was all the locals from Africa who won MTV awards. Whoa. Wait, I'm not finished. <laughs> Then I flew in from uh, Asia. I flew in crystal chandeliers and hung them. And my ceiling was the sky. 
the star and the moons. So we had chandeliers hanging and the star and the moons. I hired the locals um, to that were artists to re remake uh, images from the rainforest of animals, oversized images. I had elephants and what, what you know, beautiful birds. I hired a local florist to take all of the local flowers and I gave them the vision of the future. I said, don't make any floral like you've ever seen in the past. So we had bamboo sticking out and greenery sticking out and um, um, we had things tuckled under like um, uh, glass blown and it, it was just unimaginable. I went to the local caterer and I said, we're going to do the local dishes, but we're also going to do dishes from around the world. So we had a menu of 37 dishes and that was buffet styled and served. A, qu a quick question. It was the first event you do in Cameroon. Right? First event ever Absolutely. in Cameroon. And and they say the the if you ask anyone mm. from Cameroon, it was not only the, the best event they've ever had. And the president of Coca-Cola, uh, his name is William uh, Bill Egby, E-G-B-E. Yeah. He said it was the best orchestrated, executed event that he's ever seen in Africa. And I said, can I use that? And he said, yes. <laughs> But more importantly, they have a huge Indian uh, contingency mm -hmm. there, there. And they really own a lot of the marble um, businesses. So I went to them because I wanted every culture to participate. And I said, I want you to make me 17 marble bars. Mm -hmm. I don't want these bars they bring out. You know, when you do an event yeah. in a conference, they set up the... I don't want the tacky stuff. So they, I drew them, and I can't draw, of what I had in mind. So I had huge white marble backlit bars. Uh, it, it was the most fascinating thing the you ever want to see. The camera's on my face, and I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most fascinating thing you ever want to see. And people will tell you to today, it's never been another event like that. And that was four years ago in, in all of Africa. Wow. But it came from the people. Yeah. And it was really a global event. You, so, you, you, your team is international team? or is Well, I plan, coordinate, execute, and handle the budget for everything. My team was made up of locals. And then I flew 21 people in from, uh, it was America, Canada, Caribbean, and um, uh, London. Mm -hmm. So my team is as needed uh, with a base of five. And then I build the team for what the client wants yeah. and what the client needs. Your key five? Yes. And Yes. When I looked at your awards, yeah, it's really impressive. I've been very blessed. What is the closest one to you and why? Oh my gosh. I guess it would be the Forbes Family Trust, uh, the RFL Award. Uh, Reginald F. Lewis is our first black billionaire mm -hmm. in America. But also, he's the first billionaire, black, green, white, pink, yellow, that ever did the first billion dollar Overseas leverage buyout for Wall Street. Oof. Period. There's none other. He is the first person in the history of the world to be sought after by Harvard University and never to apply mm -hmm. in its 150-year history. He never applied. He is the first man to open a black law firm on Wall Street. And he's the first one to create a business, TLC Beatrice Foods, With, I think it's, I'm trying to remember, I think it's 48 companies in 31 countries. First ever. He's a lot of firsts. Yeah. Mm. He wrote a, a book called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Ooh. And his wife, who I still represent, yeah. wrote a book called Why Should Guys Have All the Fun? <laughs> And um, I strongly recommend yeah. that you get it. Uh, we were number one on Amazon. Yeah. I do all of her branding. Mm. Uh, so I strongly recommend it for everyone. This is the thing about get receiving that award. It was not something that a, a committee just or someone just gave to me. An entire group of my peers decided I should have it. And it was given to me at the Harvard Club in New York. So it was not only the award, it was the destination and the name behind it, RFL, Reginald F. Lewis. So that's one of my yeah. top awards. I've gotten awards from DEA. Yeah. I, you know, I've been keynote speaker at Harvard University Women in Business twice in a row and Those are all great things. The, the most important, and it wasn't really an award, it was an honor to serve. I served six and a half years on Larry King Cardiac yeah. Foundation Board, Dress for Success International, which is throughout the world, which helps women to learn how to interview and gives them clothing and all that stuff. 
I was part of launching them, uh, Madison Square Boys mm-hmm. and Girls Club, which gives uh, young boys incentive uh, to be young gentlemen mm-hmm. and to learn and to educate. So those things mean a lot to me. Yeah. Chris, prime time. Yes. Prime time global. Yes. What was the idea behind prime time and what's your vision with it? Well, it kind of, everything I do is organic. Yeah. Uh, Windsor Primetime was my first company. I had for over, what, 25, 30 years. I did everything from the Olympics to World Cup soccer to presidential inaugurals, oh, as yeah. you said, to major events for celebrities, A-listers, billionaires, et cetera, throughout the world. So everybody was saying, well, why aren't you doing more in the Middle East? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love the Middle East. I helped Saul Kersner and Jerry Inzarillo open Dubai Atlantis. Mm-hmm. So I said, I just, I just haven't had the presence there. I need to take more time and focus on it. So I created Primetime Global. Mm-hmm. And we, I, before I did, I attended a couple of Middle Eastern events to promote buying homes and, in Dubai yeah. and et cetera. And I wasn't pleased with those events. I won't name the companies. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if they want to sell, I need to show them how to really market and sell and how to brand themselves. So I created Primetime Global as economic development. Mm-hmm. That's our total focus, biz- business development and tourism mm-hmm. to accelerate, to take what you're already doing and to make it produce more revenue, make it be the, have the attention of more people. Mm-hmm. See, Dubai is already lit. It's wonderful. And my thank you to the Sheikh and the Royal family. There's nowhere else in the world like Dubai. Yeah. And now it's time for people to understand that Dubai is the place to come for these reasons. Safety, entertainment, business development, relaxation, spirituality. It has everything. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of carrying that message. So we'll see you frequently in Dubai. Yes. And I respect the culture. I respect the leadership. I respect the people. And the men here. I was telling uh, Dr. Matar, yeah. M-A-T-A-R, mm-hmm. I met her at COP28, mm-hmm. and she said, you get it, Marilyn, you really get it. The men here are so respectful, mm-hmm, true, so wonderful. I've never experienced that, and I can say this honestly anywhere in the world, and that's saying something because I'm true. very critical. Yeah, true. Yes. If by looking at what you do, it's really a lot of things, and not only a lot of things, a lot of things in different countries, different cultures, and specifically with working with branding, marketing. How do you manage these different cultures? From where do you get this? My heart. I love people. Mm-hmm. I've made it my mission to understand different cultures, and I've made it my mission to be understanding of different cultures. Mm-hmm. So I come from a place of the heart. When I'm doing an event, I don't care what about the business part of it. That happens. But first you have to come and you respect the people. Mm-hmm. If you don't respect the people, they need to kick you out. Okay, I am excited about something that I will share with Mm -hmm. you that I'm planning that I would love to do in a country like Dubai. I have had many offers from other countries to bring it. But my my heart is I would like to do it in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Global Titans. And that is going to brand whatever company country I choose. That's going to brand that country as the destination of choice. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit? Just a little. A little bit. Just a little, because I don't want to reveal yeah, too much. Just think of Nobel Peace Prize, Grammys, Oscars, and um, the BAFTA Awards mm-hmm. all in one place, covering all disciplines, but succinct with an honest presentation of the best of the best in every category from technology, science, film, Music, art, culture, history, real estate, tourism, and the list goes on and on. But not just presented to the person who's already excelled in that field, but for that person to present it to the person that's beginning to excel in that field. Wow. Think about that engagement and interaction and think about spiritually what we're supposed to do, which is uplift our fellow man. Mm -hmm. What country wouldn't want that brand? And in between that, you're showing iconic places, which makes that country the destination of choice. Wow. I want to go backwards also a little bit. We're going back. And forward. With the level of success that you have, of course, 
you faced a lot of challenges, yes. especially in this field. Yes. What kind of challenges, like the ones that comes to your mind always or lessons that you learned going through all this journey? What can be the lessons that you learned? That there are good people and bad people in every place, in every culture, in every race, every creed, every mm. color. So as a person who has elevated her thinking, what I do is I accept all the bad people. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I elevate their thinking. So what they um, think that I am, who they think that I am, I always prove them wrong. But I do it in a gentle fashion. It's not confrontational. Mm -hmm. It's showing them. It's execution. It's proven track record. It's references. It's everything that they would think that I'm not able to give them. Mm. And I don't, I don't um, take it as an face that they immediately, uh, let, me, let me give you just a perfect example. Yeah. Um, years ago, I had this huge home in New York City, um, a huge loft. Can you imagine a loft the half the size of a football field? That was my great room. So I designed all the furniture in it and et cetera. Something went wrong with my, it was an iSmart mm -hmm. with the electrical system. Two guys came to the door and they kept asking me to speak with the mistress of the house. It was me. So instead of insulting them, yeah. saying it's me, why would, you know, I walked, I walked them through it like I was not. And then the lesson for them at the end, when they got ready to leave and they were ready to get paid here and they looked on it and they were shocked. They said, you're Miss Crawford? I said, yes. I said, but thank you so much for your service. I really appreciate your professionalism. And I'm sure we'll call you again. He said, oh, we're so sorry. Don't apologize. The lesson is don't make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. There you go. Very soft. But how this kindness in you, because yeah. I can reflect this as kindness, doesn't affect you in work. You work in a very stressful Stressful, competitive, uh, the dark side of it is yeah. more than the bright side of yeah. it. It doesn't affect you. I have no competition. And what is for me is for me. So when I start out, just like in Cameroon or wherever I am in the world, um, whenever I start out to do something, my focus is on the prize. I keep my eye on the prize. Mm -hmm. And negativity comes with the people. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes they're supposed to deliver 10 generators and you only get three, True. you know, but you have to deal with and roll with the punches. And that's what I do. I did uh, a huge event uh, for the United States Youth Games, International Summit, Sports Councils, all these other things. Things go wrong every day, every hour. But you can't get down in there with those things. You have to keep going and going and going. And I always look for solutions. What's the alternative? And I keep going until I get an alternative, whatever it is. You know, when I, you know, when I do, I did the, for, for Clinton's inaugural, I did the interfaith service. I did the children's inaugural. I did something else. I can't, oh, the environmental inaugural yeah. for Gore. So in doing that, each of them is its own entity. Each of them have different people that are more important than the others to sit in different places. And when I walked into the interfaith service, It was at a, a church on Michigan Avenue. The bishops from that church, I think it was Presbyterian, were all on the seat where the Clintons were supposed to sit. So how do you tell them on their home seat that they have to move? And we're getting ready to go on international television. Mm -hmm. So you can't have an incident. True, exactly. So mm -hmm. I simply went and I quietly told the wife, not the head bishop, mm -hmm. I said, I have better seats that will be on camera for you. These seats are not going to be on as much camera as the ones to the right of you. I said, if you don't mind, and your husband doesn't mind, and your, your whole entourage, I'd like to escort you to the better seats. And I put them to the left. Then the trumpet started. It was time for me to bring Clinton and, and Gores and everybody in to seat, sit in the main seat. No incident. Done. You know what I see in you, really, which is a lot of people, I don't see this. You're very resourceful, yeah. very resourceful. Because, you know, a lot of people I see, they always complain about, like, when you say, like, well, they don't have the resources. No resources are available, but you're not being resourceful. Even how you solve the problem, it's being resourceful. I really love this in you. Thank you. 
That comes from my mother and yeah. father. It really does. It comes from them. And 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 I had one brother that I lost four years ago. And he always told me, he said, Marilyn, you're so giving. You're so giving. You'll always be great because you're so giving. And and my sisters always tell me that. And I just think that generosity of heart mm-hmm. is a two-way street. And when people know you're generous and authentic and and there's no hidden agenda, you know, I, I just think they bring it back to you tenfold, you know? I mean, in coming to Dubai for this time, I hadn't been here in years. Dubai has really changed. You guys, the the development, the explosiveness, the entertainment, sure. the tourism, the the convenience, the amenities, everything, number one. My father was not here for 10 years. We went and got him from the airport, and he was like, what the hell is happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Oh, it, oh my goodness. It was, it's just so absolutely next level. Yeah. It's, it's not even this level. It's next level. And you can't even describe it to people yeah. when you're trying to post or Instagram. There's no description for Dubai. True. And I think because of your leadership and because they're creative and innovative and visionary, they're always looking for the next level, the 2030, the next level. And I love the narrative that um, His Royal Highness yeah. has given us in what he's looking for, for the vision mm-hmm. and the technology and the new city and the ice barn, et cetera. And I have a lot of, um, uh, well, I don't say this, but a lot of my friends have IPs that are technology that no one's ever seen. Mm-hmm. One of my friends invented the largest selling toy in the world, Hasbro Super Soaker. Mm-hmm. He invented it. But beyond that, he's a scientist. He's an a electrical engineer. So he has 151 patents that he's never even used. So when I was telling him I'm coming to Dubai, he was talking to me, and I'm not going to say his name. He was talking to me about energy, sustainable energy. He was talking to me about state-of-the-art batteries that can go from California to New York on air. He was talking to me about uh, water compressed. I mean, if people knew, and he's just a little, not little, he's Mm. one man who lives in one city with one lab, and I won't say the city, but with 151 patents. So can you imagine if he, and, and I, he's been invited mm, to Dubai now yeah. by one of the Sheikh's family through yeah. me, but can you imagine what he's going to bring to the new smart city? True. And opportunities here. Oh, are forget endless. about and it. People are pushing. And the forget about pushing. it. True. There's, a, there's Google and Microsoft and all that where there's the only black-owned cloud in the world that you probably never yeah. heard of. Uh-huh. It stands alone. It has it has its own AI. Oof. Tiffany Haddish was the first to invest in it. She put about 2.5 or 3 million yeah. in it. With that, they did about $100 million worth of work because, you know, they made lemonade from lemons. Mm-hmm. And they created the only black-owned cloud of which I represent. So they don't need Google or Microsoft to do AI. We were doing AI the other day. And they have 3.2 million healthcare individuals yeah. And 10,000 healthcare workers already signed up, ready to launch it in January. Wow. Wow. So there's a there's just a wealth yeah. of technology out there. And Dubai is the place to be. I can't leave here in good conscience mm-hmm. without knowing I'm going to come back and live here. I love Dubai. So we're coming. I'm coming. Super. I am here. <laughs> Call my company, Primetime Global. We're looking I am forward. here. Network. Oh, a lot of people listening to us now, um, there are like tens of names thrown on the table today, and people are asking, oh my God, how did you get to these people? Of course, it doesn't have, happen overnight. There is work done to nurture this kind of relationship. How did you reach Well, first of all, you have to be careful because once you reach them, you have to deliver. You can't be empty. You have to be substantive. Secondly, you have to be respectful of other people and their time. So it's timing. I teach a course only twice a year for the MTA in New York City. It's a business communications course. Mm -hmm. And there's a one minute elevated conversation. You have one minute. You have 60 seconds to get people's attention. After that, and we we live in a microwave world. Mm -hmm. So after that, you've lost your attention. Or if you're talking about yourself too much, you've lost their attention. Or if you're trying to smooth with them too much, mm-hmm. you've lost their attention. And I think for me, it's organic because my personality is such that I don't meet strangers. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like that. My father was like that. But but here's the thing. When you're, 
you're, I'll give you an example. There's a, there are a great restaurants in New York called Cipriani's. Mm. One is famous for lunch. And there was a guy there that I wanted to meet, Ron Perlman, who's over Revlon. Mm -hmm. He owns, a, I think it's a McAndrews and Forbes. Mm -hmm. It's the name of the, the holding company. Mm -hmm. And he was there at lunch and I'd never met him. And I said, I want to meet him. And I didn't want to disturb his lunch. So I went over to the table and I just stood quietly. This was years and years and years ago. And when I saw that there was a break in the conversation, I didn't interfere oh, with the conversation. Mm -hmm. When I saw what there was a break, I said, excuse me, um, uh, Mr. Perlman, I'd like to meet you. And I said, you're going to want to know me, but I don't want to disturb your lunch. Here's my card. And I left. And then the next day I called and asked if I could come. Little things like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know how to work a room without working a room. So it's not like intrusive. Yeah. I hate it when people are intrusive and people have other priorities or other business they need to do. And I've never met a stranger in my life. Never met a stranger. Never. Never met a stranger in my life. I'm staying here. I won't say, you know where I'm staying. Yeah. And the people in the building said to me that I'm staying. How do you know all these people? I'm going out the door. And so, bye, Marilyn. Bye, Mimi. You want to have coffee? Oh, I, I was up on the rooftop the uh, today, today, yesterday. Yeah. And um, I, I was just trying to take just a break and breather and see the scene. It's a beautiful view. And a family was up there and they were setting up for a family dinner. And my chair was like right, like within six feet. So I said, I got up and I said, I'm going to move my chair so that you, your family can have privacy for its dinner because it's a 360 mm -hmm. degree view on the roof. And, and we started talking and she invited me to join her family for dinner. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it was like three minutes. She said, I love your person. My family's going to love you. Come and join me for dinner in three minutes. And it's, I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. You know, I'm in a line and I never have to wait in a line. I've never waited in a line in my life. What do you see these days? People with networking, they're yeah. doing wrong. And it's like, yeah. first of all, they're, they're too hungry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that can be very obvious. If you have value and you're substantive, you don't have to be hungry. The person that you reach out to will recognize it. And once they do, I keep saying you have yeah. to deliver. Uh, relationships that I had started like way back from me being at what, I don't know if you know TBS yeah. and CNN, mm -hmm. that was created by Ted Turner. Mm -hmm. And my first introduction to big business was Ted Turner. And he's co considered the mouth of the South. Mm -hmm. And I did not know him, did not know him at all. Colin Powell, Ted Turner, and Dick Parsons, the former chairman of Time Warner, uh, the former president of uh, NBA, uh, mm -hmm. what is it, San Francisco, that, that whatever, yeah. former presidents of banks, mm -hmm. et cetera. He's huge. All three of them were walking together. And I was just working an event. And I went up and started talking to all three of them. And we took, they said, come on, you have to be in our picture. So I took a picture with all three of them. Ooh. And then Ted got to know me. We started talking. He said, oh, I love what you're doing. You got to help uh, Zernona Clayton who was the first black woman to have a talk show, was doing this awards event called the Trumpet Awards. He said, you got to help her. And he introduced me. And then he introduced me to Jane. At the time, he was married to Jane Fonda. Mm -hmm. And Jane had a group called GCAP. And GCAP helped young girls not get pregnant. And she said, I want you to do an event for me. And at that event, Jane Fonda and Ted Turner stood up. And Ted Turner said, if you want your event done correctly, you need to call Marilyn. And my career took off to the point where I never even advertised. It was word of mouth. But I reemphasize, once they call you, you have to deliver. True. If you cannot deliver, don't accept the challenge. True. And I have always delivered. Always. A hundred percent. Over-delivered. Over-delivered. Well, my saying is to under-promise and over-deliver. That's my saying. Yeah. That's on my Windsor Primetime website. From our audience, like you, we will find a lot of entrepreneurs, they're into event management and event creation. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. Yeah, they say, they, yeah, say they, they say they are, but they have no not. clue about event what management. What kind of advice do you have? If you're going to say you're into something, learn it first. Work as an apprentice under someone and learn it first. And if you, I don't do events. I do epic event experiences. Mm. Anyone can do an event. True. If you want to elevate your game and you want to stand out and be different, 
research the best of the business. Research what they do. Look at how they do the event. And events aren't, event experiences aren't about putting on a a table display. And it's about from the time they enter. No, it's about Mm. from the time they enter, from the time they get out the car until the time they leave. That's what it is. And if you cannot give them an experience like that, thank you, then it is not for you to do. You said something that I really loved. And you know, some things get stuck into your head. Yeah. When you said like epic events experience, it means like all your senses. All your senses, your smell, your touch, your sight, your hearing, every every sense, every sensor needs to be activated. And with technology, you can do that. I did an event, um, the NAACP Image Awards started a long time ago. I did their first few events. One event that I did, I created a tunnel. So you actually entered a tunnel and the tunnel gave you images from the first time they started doing the event until the present. So as you're going through the tunnel, you're seeing images of people who died, people who performed there, who are gone. You're seeing images of people who were icons and they're no longer available to be on stage. So I brought you back from the, its inception and then the door opens and there you are in the present. With technology, you can do anything. Let me, let me, let me tell you one of the greatest events (laughs) I ever did with Larry King Cardiac Foundation. Mm We honored the president of FedEx. We honored Fred Smith. And I said, I have to think of something different to do for him. And I collaborated with FedEx. And we did, I can't even remember, we did it at some five, six star hotel in DC. Well, guess what? With technology, we were able to do the introduction and make the floor feel like it was shaking and the room was shaking, like you were landing in a FedEx airplane. And then we introduced, Our honoree of the hour, Mr. Fred Smith, CEO of FedEx. And guess what? We had the room you could hear a pin drop because it was like vibrating. You can do anything that you want. Drones. Oh, my God. I did execution of drones where they made, you know, the sign of the Coca-Cola and United States Youth Games. Yeah, you can do anything you want with technology. You just have to have the imagination and you have to have the proper execution group who knows how to execute it. And you also need to have someone who understands timing. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. I did the first diversity event at Festival de Cannes. Mm-hmm. The first one, they had never had a diversity event. I created it, planned, coordinated, executed, and raised the money for it. I didn't go to the festival for anything, except once I got it all together, I went to the president and invited him to attend. It was the salute and honoring of the first black billionaire and the premiere of his documentary. I didn't even enter it into competition, but I bought out La Majestic Barrier Hotel Beach. I bought it out. I did an entire catering experience. I brought in, I wanted it to be Nollywood Indian, Bollywood and Hollywood. Shri Shri, um, what, what, not Shri Shri, uh, Debbie Kapoor. Yeah. She had just died. She died like uh, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm, it was some mm-hmm, accident, mm-hmm. et cetera. Bone Kapoor, her husband was not in shape to come. So he sent the two nieces to accept her award at Cannes from me. And then I invited a lot of Cannes Bollywood producers. Mm-hmm. I invited Nollywood producers and Hollywood producers. Then I, I did a whole diversity presentation before we did the actual premiere of the documentary, which was paid for by the billionaires that learned from him that became black billionaires like Robert F. Smith paid for the, the documentary. I premiered it on the beach at Cannes. I invited all these bankers because he was a banker. And timing is everything. Before my event, I announced I'd like for everyone to look to the water because we're going to see the most amazing exhibition of fly flying in the sky by a man. It wasn't part of my event. I didn't pay for it. 
They were doing Solo next door. No way. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> but I knew when it was going to come by my area. Hello. I said, that's our future. Timing, resources, and execution. From where do you get your inspiration? My mother and father. My mother and father. Everything I have, everything I am, everything my being is, comes through spirituality from my mother and father. That's the base. Being creative and being in a hectic, having a hectic business, that's yes. hectic because you have to over-deliver. Yes. How do you find On time. On time. How do you find the time to be creative? Because I prioritize, you know? Can you tell me a little bit? Um, when we finish this, before I reach my next de destination, no. you will receive a thank you note. So that's done. Mm -hmm. My follow-up is done. And I will have connected you with my COO, not you, but your people with my COO, for any additional follow-up. When I get home tonight, because I have another meeting after, when I get home tonight, I will go through my priorities for tomorrow. And, and I'll give you an example, and I won't tell you who. I had a meeting with someone I did not know, and they ran a major part, a major business here. So what I did is I, I stayed up at night for two hours and researched everything that they needed to know about their industry, and I researched the problems they were having. I made a call to Ecuador, where I have a friend that's a technology specialist. New York, where I have a friend that's a technology specialist. And I think I called, uh, I think he's in Europe now, another friend. And I said, I need you to put together a deck for these problems, for this person in Dubai, because I'm having dinner with him tomorrow night, and I want to gift him with the deck of solutions for his problems when I go to dinner. So when I went to dinner, I had a deck done Overnight, by my, my contacts, and I didn't charge him. I gifted him. I understand from reading the articles, these are the, the problems that you're having with your industry. These are the problems you're having as CEO. This is my present to you. He was, he said, I can't believe it. He looked at it, and what I did is I outlined the 12 problems so he could see them up front, and then I had the deck. He said, I can't believe this. He says, I paid people to work on this for months. Done. So you asked me where you have to prioritize what's in front of you mm -hmm. first. And then also while you're doing that simultaneously, you have to do the long run, the long-term priorities. So while I'm here, I have been inundated with meetings that were planned, but also meetings that weren't planned. Yeah. And so I'm having to be very careful with my time. Tomorrow's my last day. And so I, I know I'm coming back, but it's a priority to set the foundation for what I want to do when I come back, you know? If we move a little bit into the future and we're now we're thinking about or we're seeing how AI is disrupting a lot of industries, how do you see AI? Everything, everything. Everything. AI will be intimately involved in every aspect of every business in the world. And if you think it's not, you're fooling yourself. The challenge with AI is not to eliminate the personal touch. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. And the challenge with AI is to incorporate it so that it is not offensive to people who mm -hmm. aren't comfortable with it. That's the challenge to AI. And so the introduction has to be in phases. Mm -hmm. You can't, right now they're trying to, Let's eliminate all the people that uh, take your orders yeah. mm -hmm. and you just go over here and you just put in an order. Well, how about the people that don't know how to use the machine? Sure. Okay. So what you do when I say phases, you, you set a person there and whatever help, they show you how to use it. So it has to be a soft introduction. But to be very honest with you, it's going to eliminate a lot of jobs. It's going to save a lot of revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to get to the point where we're, we're going to have to say, I know AI can do this, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Let's keep some people in these positions because otherwise we won't have enough, uh, jobs and employment for people. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And when people become restless and they don't make money, they don't have revenue and they can't produce revenue, then crime goes up. But that won't be a problem here because mm -hmm. I love Dubai. <laughs> you know, I I love when people tell me that AI will take over everything. Yeah. Because I want to give an example on your case because I believe AI will take a lot of jobs, which is like AI will bake the cake. 
but marlene can put the icing on the cake and that's what makes you unique yeah. so not everything will be demolished well ai can, they can think of the ideas but they can't think of the ideas and make them they can innovate them but they can't make them visionary things that aren't aren't, aren't within yeah right true. they true. cannot do that and plus you know people love people they love seeing people they love talking to people your smile in your eyes yeah. that's your greeting you know people ask me how i built my business so fast mm -hmm. is because i never met a stranger and i never met anyone i didn't respect from the time you enter a corporation your first greeting point might be the receptionist or the janitor boom yes and they're they're going to i've gotten so much business from receptionist knowing that this deal is coming down or they're going to do an IPO. Ms. Crawford, have you talked to this person, et cetera? Because it's about people feeling genuine, mm -hmm. feeling comfortable with you, feeling that. And, and let me just tell you too, I never forget from whence I came and I never forget to, to reward people for what they do for me. It's not all about me. They're helping me grow. So it's about the circle that I'm in. And I'm so blessed. If I ask you what contributed to your success in three, four, what will be? If you ask people on the outside, they'll say my personality because mm. I'm, you know, I never meet a stranger. But if you ask me, I'll say my heart because when I do meet those strangers, they know that 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 I I'm really genuine with them. Heart, people. Yeah, yeah, people. It's, it's about people. That's what the world's about. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to save her life. My friend Stephen H. Hurth, yeah. uh, who does all the Hurth and Associates and the developments and the family trust and et cetera, he always ends his emails with save our life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. Do you have rituals, habits that you do every day? Yes, I do. What are they? Do I pray every day. I meditate every day in my way. Mm -hmm. I also... I love that you added my way. Because yeah, it's in my I, way. True. You have to do it your yeah. way. You have to make it work for you. I also stay still. Mm. We are moving 24-7. I'm inundated with, I'm yeah. running to this meeting, running to that meeting. They call me at the last minute. Can you get over here? It's 30 minutes away. So in the morning and late at night, I take five minutes and I just stay still. And I try not to even think. Just yeah. still. Because throughout all in every religion, it says, be still. Mm -hmm. True. True. I love that. Also. Sometimes I look at the ceiling and like nobody touched me. Yeah. Yeah. That's be still. Moment. But let me just say that what you're doing is so important because the, I, I'm asked to be on podcast after podcast. And do you want to do this interview? Do you want to be on this show? There's a difference between being a guest and coming into someone's living room. Mm. There's a huge difference. And there's a difference between questions that are mechanical mm -hmm. and questions that are just engaging. So I commend you. You've mastered it. It's very it's good. An honor. It's an honor. Thank you. I love Alpha too. Yeah. Alpha, Alpha, <laughs> Alpha. I have a quick fire question. Yes. Quick fire. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> no man, no man. Okay, go a on. Quick one. So. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I do my five minutes. One book that significantly had impact on you. Deaf Be Not Proud. If you collaborate with any individual or brand, living or dead. If I could what? Collaborate. Collaborate yeah. with any... Individual or a brand, mm -hmm. living or dead. Who will that? Dubai. Who? I didn't... Oh, you want me to say? No, I love that. Well, that, that I didn't so, see it coming. Okay. You said it's quick. <laughs> I didn't see okay. it coming. Yeah, I'm supposed to say the first thing off yeah. the top. Okay, Ooh. okay. A place you haven't been to yet, and you would love to visit. I've been invited there, Bali. I was invited there by Russell Simmons. He built a new hotel there. I haven't gone. I'm coming, Russell. Uh, a quote that inspires you. Let the work I've done speak for me. Something Do you know where that comes from? I got to tell you where that comes where? from. It's an old Negro spiritual. And it's in a song. And it talks about, because people have all these quotes, it talks about your life is your quote. Mm -hmm, so you true. say, let the mm -hmm. work I've done speak, speak for, for me. me. Yeah. Lead by example. Yeah. Something you indulge in when you need a break from work. Is nothing. It's a guilty pleasure. No, a spa. A spa. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I love steam rooms. Mm -hmm. I love being alone in steam rooms. Yeah. 
uh, the, the steam rooms. If you could have any superpowers, what would it be? Easily. Easily, it would be to read people's minds. And I'm pretty good at yeah. that already. So We tested. <laughs> <laughs> Corporations pay me to read people's minds. Okay. One piece of advice you wish more entrepreneurs knew. You're enough. Favorite cuisine. Oh, that's a hard one because yeah. I was just introduced to Lebanese oh, the other night. A lot here. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so I'm going to say now Lebanese, Lebanese food. Yeah. Favorite color. White. Favorite car brand. Oh, that's easy. Mm. Rolls. Ooh. Favorite watch. That's easy too. Chopard. Where's, oh, it's at home. Okay. Yeah. What's an alpha for you in three words? An alpha? Yeah. I know. Oh, gosh. Three words? Heart, soul, spirit. Love that. You said it's rapid. Yeah, I'm giving you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have any talent or skills that nobody? Yes. And only my husband will know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep it secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But, but I don't. Uh, I grew up learning ballet mm -hmm. and ballet, uh, Martin, tap, et cetera. And then I also took piano at an early age. Mm -hmm. I used none of those skills. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, if I, and I spoke many languages at an early mm -hmm. age, which I don't use. And if you don't use it, you mm -hmm. lose it. So I think it would be something in the arts. Yeah. That no one knows I can do. Look, this is one of the most inspiring episodes I had and interviews. If somebody watched the what, episode... Are you talking about this one? That one. Get out of here. <laughs> Don't leave. No, okay. Really, it's really... Oh, that's I wonderful. That's wonderful. It. And I will leave it in the description as well. Yeah. And what will be your last message you want to leave the audience with? He's looking, me, he's yeah. looking at me like his eyes. Um, here it is. It's very simple. Life be in it. Live for life. No, life be in it. No, explain it. Because That's I, different than living your life. Mm -hmm. There's so many elements of life throughout the world, throughout this universe, and people always try to give you good advice. Do this, do this, do that. Life is you. You are uh, life. Be in it. Ooh. There you go. Uh, I love the perspective. Be present in it. Don't, you know, sometimes we can just, uh, I have friends, they read a hundred help, help, self-help books. They they go to a hundred mm -hmm. seminars. They and they're not being in life, True. be in it. And that's why I don't meet a stranger. Mm -hmm. I can tell you the names of three people I met in the airport that were just taking my ticket. I mean, the young man, when I was coming through, his name was Oscar. He was, it's so fun. We had a five minute, people were in line. I said, sweetheart, people are in line. He said, that's okay. You have life, be in it. And, and it's all about respecting yourself and others. Give them the respect that you would want, and they'll always come back into your circle. There you go. Love it. We have a ritual in the Alpha Talks. Okay. It's called the Alpha Talks Memoir. It's like a journal. Okay. So the journal is the Alpha guest. Okay. Alpha. Do three things. Number one is to write about the podcast experience, the Alpha okay. Talks. The second is to write a question to the next Alpha guest. Okay. And that's a way of making our alpha guests connect to each other, though they don't know that you ask the question. It's a way of connecting. Oh, I love that. That means you will answer the question from the previous alpha guest. Okay. And the last one is, who do you recommend to be the next alpha guest? Over here. Yeah. Okay. So before going to this, I'll ask you the question. I ask this question. Okay. From where do you take your inspiration? You asked that already. Said, but I didn't look at the Okay. <laughs> answer it a different and way. Answered. Answer it a different way. I really can't because my inspiration comes from my parents. I'm sorry, but that's... I love this connection yeah. you have with your parents. My parents it, died over 45 a, years ago, by the way. Over 40. They're, I am too, but they're here with me. And their parent tapes keep playing in my mind. And that's why I love this culture. Because you're very close to your family mm, sure. and you honor your mother and your father and your father is the man of the household. Sure. And that's the way my household was run. So I can't give a different answer. It is all from my father and, and my household and my parents. Wow. I really love it and respect it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. It's been an honor having you with us today. And I'm sure next time you come to Dubai, we'll have another one. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. 
I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Safer Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.